Hey everybody, it's Monday, May the 9th, 2022, and it's time for Mondays with Mark. I'm really excited today because I'm going to be sharing the first part of what is going to be split up into a two-part conversation with a good friend of mine, Nathan Walworth. Nathan and his wife, Catherine, have a have two children, one of which is an 11-year-old son with autism. And Nathan and I have become good friends over the years, and we've shared a lot of conversations uh, around some of the challenges of raising a special needs child and being a special needs family. Some of you know uh, my family and I adopted a little girl as part of our family and she also shares some unique challenges. Uh, hers are different than uh, the challenges that Nathan and his family um, deal with. But you know, a lot of families struggle with uh, special needs and as much of as every child is a blessing, whether they are... Um, normal, to use the term that a lot of people use, or whether they have special needs. All children are precious, but special needs families um, deal with some burdens that are unique to that uh, to that arena of life, and it doesn't often get spoken of. It doesn't often get talked about, and I thought it would be good if I could have this conversation. It's a very frank and honest discussion with Nathan. One of the things I like about him is he is willing to say the hard things, and so we laugh a little bit. We talk about uh, the challenges. We talk about his family. We also talk about how we as a community can be uh, a help and a, and a blessing to those in our arena that are, are dealing with special needs. Maybe you go to a church that has families with special needs uh, family members in it. This will be a help to you, I think. Um, Maybe you want to be a blessing. Maybe you want to help, but you're not really sure how to get involved or you're worried about saying the wrong thing. Uh, Hopefully, you're going to glean some um, helpful tidbits and information from this conversation. It's a two-part conversation. I hope you'll come back next week for the second half. And I'm also going to be providing some contact information for Nathan at the end of next week's episode. Um, But I hope that you will uh, be able to reach out to him also and let him know if these conversations are, are encouraging. So anyway... Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. I'm speaking with Nathan Walworth about his son and his family and the challenges of rearing a special needs child. I hope you enjoy it. Two. Two? Two quantito. What? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. What are you excited about? Daddy's Oh, it's the supermarket? Whoa. Whoa! Is mommy spending all of our money? Whoa! Yeah, so we're gonna say we see the bank statement. Whoa! Yep. Whoa! Hi, Daddy. Hi, Daddy. Daddy, you getting food? Yeah, you getting food? Of course, you're What do you say to the rain? How old is uh, How old is Bub at this point? Uh, Bub is eleven years old. 11. So he, he uh, in February he turned eleven. Okay. So you know, and and we didn't find out really until he was I would say three and a half to maybe okay. four somewhere in there. Um, not because we didn't know something was a little bit off, so to speak, but we went to our doctor and she described 
the type of autism that you would have known about years ago, but wouldn't know now, or when people ask and they say, um, you know, how is it that now they say one in 50 children or something like that? I could be off. I see different numbers all the time, but it's close to that. Um, how is it that, that, that is the case now when it didn't used to be that way? Yeah. Well, they diagnose a whole different spectrum to use that terminology than what they used to, to where now you, I met a lady the other day who's, she's married to a man that's autistic, you know, which is not, I don't think my son would ever be able to be there. So, um, sorry, I'm just kind of going longer than maybe what you were looking for no, or what, no. but, um, you know, I just, that's kind of for us, we found out then our doctor was like, well, does he, you know, does he stand in the corner and just stare at the wall all day or so, you know, something that would be like an extreme. Right. And we're like, no, you know, and then, so, um, not a bad doctor, amazing doctor. Well, she have finally, um, forwarded us or you referred us, you know, to like a bunch of different places. And we just kept knocking down doors until somebody told us, okay. um, what it was and we were able to get him help. How did that, like, how did the news of the, of that diagnosis or the confirmation? Cause probably before the confirmation, you had a pretty good idea, but when, when someone finally looked at you and said, yeah, for sure, your son has autism. How did that, how did that affect you? Ah, man. Um, never forget where I was at. Um, it, we went into, they brought us into a local school and you know how it is as a parent, like when they bring you into meetings, they don't have a room with adult tables. So right. they put you at like these <laughs> super right. small tables. So here I am like sitting down with my knees, feeling like they're above my head. Right. Little um, colorful chairs. Yeah. I like the colorful chairs. My wife is next to me. And um, I remember the lady saying it. And then I just kind of like, I don't know, I froze or was staring off in space, but then I could feel, um, I could feel something next to me, like moving and, you know, like whatnot. And, and then my wife just like, you know, uh, broke down. I, didn't break down there. I just tried to like, um, you know, I, I don't want to say stay strong, but I was just in shock. Yeah. Um, because you know it, but you don't like want to know it. And then the, the hardest part after that is it's almost like, and, and I don't want to, you know, I've heard people that have been diagnosed with like an extreme ailment say you knew something was wrong, but the second the doctor told you, then within a day they put you on medicine and it's like your whole life changed. Yeah. And with Bob, I'll never forget. They're like, they told us, and so we finally like calm down. Then they take us to a room to show us what his classroom would be like. And we go to this classroom and you see all of these children and they're just kind of looking at a movie, but they're not really looking at the movie. They're just, you know, they're autistic children. Yeah. And then one of them is having a meltdown right in front of us. And the teacher's basically having to, you know, not, not in a, in a bad way, but she's having to physically type of restrain him to make sure he doesn't harm himself or somebody else. Yeah. And it was literally Mark, like an, Oh my God moment. Like this is my life. Yeah. And, but it happened. It went from being, you know, cause you'll always find people that will say he's fine. It's just this or it's that. And sometimes they mean, well, they just think, well, if he, you know, he's slow or he's whatnot. Uh, but once that happened, it was like, this is it. And it just instantly changed from that moment on. He started riding the bus, doing things along those lines, which was extremely difficult at first. It was horrendous for, uh, me, but really my wife more because she had to put him on the bus. He didn't know what, what the heck was going on. So he's like screaming. Once he realized what it was and enjoyed it, he was fine. 
but yeah. you know, I mean, it's just, it was just brutal, man. I mean, so to, to go back to that point, I go back to it um, sometimes because yeah, it was like everything just changed on a dime. When you're talking to other parents and everything is gauged on, you know, what sports are your kids in? Uh, what yeah. grade are they in? Um, you must be so proud of their achieve. Oh, fourth grade. That's a big thing, but that's like a conversation that you, you, you don't get to have when it, when it relates right. to bub. Um, how, how do you navigate one? How do you navigate those conversations and what kind of responses do you get from parents who you first meet them, they talk about kids and they find out that your son doesn't fit that mold. What kind of responses have you gotten and how have you navigated that? You get a variety. Um, now, usually in some area or another, somebody knows um, someone on the spectrum. So they'll be able yeah. to reference, maybe not always, but they'll be able to reference. Um, sometimes you'll get the people and, and I don't get upset with them. And, and I'm sure you've had situations where you either, well, they'll try to encourage you or, or they'll, they'll give a statement that's just like, you know, um, you know, thanks for trying type response you want to give, but I know that they mean well, it's just, they, they can't comprehend or understand what you're going through. Um, yeah. sometimes you'll get the life coach response. Um, but a lot of times, you know, you'll just get kind of a, I don't really know where to go from here. And it's understandable because, um, what do you say or how do you do it? Um, yeah. sometimes what I would really encourage people to do is if you, and maybe this isn't where you were, uh, going with it, but sometimes you'll get a response of, you know, well, that, you know, doesn't matter. Like if, for instance, if it gets brought up where somebody's like, you know, Hey, where's your son at? Um, I used to be a pastor, so I'd speak at churches. Where's your son at? Um, well, he's at home with my wife, you know, and then they'll, they'll kind of give me a hard time. So I'll let them know. And then it'll be like, Oh, you should have just brought him, you know? Um, and you'll have instances like that where I know that they mean well, but they don't understand. Um, I know, like you said, normal, sometimes I struggle. Sometimes I just use the term fully functioning, which probably isn't uh, the best term either. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm fully functioning. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, but it's like, you know, so you, you get a variety of responses. Very rarely do you find somebody who's just a full-blown jerk. Um, now, those are the ones that stick with you. But yeah. the people who will say something along the lines of, well, it's, it's just a, uh, it's just a discipline issue or, you know, or I, you know, I, I knew someone who said their kid was autistic, but you know, um, he, he wasn't, but I'm sure your kid has problems or something along right. those lines. Are you, you get that type of stuff. It's rare, yeah. but it's out there. Um, so you, you, you get a variety. I mean, most people are at least caring and compassionate and those who get it, get it. Um, right now we're in the process of moving. So because of that, we're, we're holding sales and things. And so um, because of our son, we can't have a normal uh, fully functioning yard sale. <laughs> so we, we have it when he's not here. So with marketplace, people can show up. We've got a few autistic items out and um, there's just a connection though. The cool part is, is that when somebody has a true connection yeah. and they'll say, like I talked to a lady yesterday, my grandsons, she has two of them. And then she was able to describe and let me know where in 10 years, my son could be. Yeah. And so there, there's just a lot of great things that come with it too. Uh, but it's also scary, man. Like tonight we've got a, a he's in a, a school play for the first or not a play, but a musical for the first time. Yeah. And we're just thinking, you know, how is this going to go? Is he going to do something awesome? Is he going to do something weird on stage? Um, you know, he's only there for one song, which is great because, um, I'm sorry, parents, but those things are horrible unless <laughs> yeah. your kid is singing. And even when your kid is singing, it's not it's that still great. horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's not that great. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 
but um, you know, but we're not going to tell you that in the Facebook comments. We're just going to tell you that in this big. Right. So we don't know, but it, it'll be fine. I mean, it, you know, you just got to roll with it and whatever happens, happens. And we go from there. What do you think has been the hardest part? And as he grows and changes and new things happen, um, what do you think has been the hardest part for you guys as living as a special needs family? And I guess I should ask, do you even classify yourself? Is that how you identify as I, we're a special needs family or are we a family with a special needs child or what's been the hardest part of living with that reality because you also have uh, another biological daughter who does not have autism. And right. so there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. What, what would you think, say, maybe if there's not just one, like some of the biggest challenges that there's been in adjusting to that reality. Yeah. My, our daughter does not have autism. She's 14. So she has that, um, you know, <laughs> you can fully understand. Uh, it's uh, its own special you know. need. Yeah. Yes. Without a doubt. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that or you, when you ask it that way, because usually we'll say we have a special needs son, but truthfully it is a special needs family. And here's why I say that my, um, we are constantly reassessing whether we want to or not our family situation and dynamic. Yeah. For instance, um, and this isn't the case for every person on this, on the spectrum, or maybe parents, families can do different. Um, but for the first man, um, up until the last year, I was the one in the family that had the somewhat stable job. And then my wife would stay home or whatnot. Um, well, in the process of the past year, she got a really good job and she's amazing at what she does. And so she keeps excelling. Well, in the process of that, now it's gotten to a point where um, some personal things that I've gone through, uh, I don't have that there. And she's been the one that's, that's, you know, uh, taken over so to speak, or like really the one supporting our family right now <laughs> wasn't for her to be the government. And, um, you know, but when I go to get a job, like I can't just go get a job. Right. Um, it's, it's not, and most people wouldn't understand that we're in the process of moving a thousand miles away. Well, once that happens, most people would probably look at me and say, you know, why aren't you out there right now working 40 hours a week and your wife's working 40 hours a week? Well, I, I can't. Number one, it's going to be the summer. But number two, we have a special needs son yeah. who I can't just drop off with somebody new or we're going to be in a new environment and he's going to need constant care. So we are a family who is always impacted by this. There's nothing that will ever change that. Um, you know, so when people say like, oh, just keep your head up, it'll get better. Uh, maybe my attitude will get better, but my son's not going to magically wake up tomorrow and get better. And so we're going to always kind of have to adjust. And whenever a family has special needs, um, that's the, you know, sometimes people crack me up. They'll be like, well, you always cater to him or you always, you know, um, treat him differently. It's like, like he's special with special needs. So <laughs> with our family, you know, right. It's that way where we just, we're going to have to do things differently. We have to take, uh, just believe in the path that God has for us, but also believe in ourselves and say, it doesn't really matter what other people think, but that, that really impacts us every day of our life. And so for me to, um, pastor a church again, it's just not there. I had to sacrifice my wife, um, for many years of not going to church so that I could do my job and career. Well, my wife, because of that, you know, it's, it's no, um, wouldn't be surprised for many to see, like she wants to be able to be a part of a community yeah. and for her sitting in the hallway of, of a place 
or for her going somewhere. And so I'm able to speak, but then she's in the car with him. She's not part of that community. And so, um, you know, it, it's going to impact us. It's going to change things. And, and so it's going to be every day of our life is different. You know, then, then people will ask, well, like, you know, Nate, well, why don't you work at night? Well, when Bob wants to go to bed, which is somewhere from 830 to nine o'clock or a little bit after that, we give him some medicine that helps in that arena because he's got different um, things. And so it can take him a while, but he eventually his mind will slow down. He wants every light in the house shut off. He'll allow me to watch the TV. He shuts every door to every room. If you turn on the light, he will somehow through his superpowers see through the crack of a door. Even if you're all the way in the basement, he'll go down there and turn your stuff off. And so you have to sit there for two hours watching a show and your life is just impacted. And you can either complain about it. Obviously, I just did here and I do often. Or you can just find a way to adjust, but it's going to take a special, unique situation for that to work. And I'm sure you experienced some things in your ways where um, I know your church from conversations we had are amazing people that, you know, are, are, are a help to your family, which is awesome. Yeah, they are. Um, it's, it's, it's just different. There's not, you know, you can't leave. Um, if my son was fully functioning, you know, so to speak, or, or, or however you want to view that. I could say, hey, I'm going to the store for a minute. I'll be back in an hour. And he could stay home, lock the doors, call me. I can't do that. Right. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where there's never a break. Yep. Every hour of every day, you're, you're bound by somebody else as far as your life decisions are, are fully held to that. Why do you think, what do you think it is in people's lives that cause people to say the things that they do, that they, that they think are helpful things like, you know, well, I knew someone, it was just a discipline problem or, you know, I'm, I had a man say to me one time, yeah, our daughter had special needs too, but then she grew out of it. Um, and you know, statements that statements that just make you feel like they're looking for a way where they don't have to feel uncomfortable and they don't, they want, they want you to feel like this isn't going to be the rest of your life. Um, yeah. Is it, what is it about, and, and somebody listening to this may struggle with making those statements. And I want them to think about it. I want them to hear how difficult it is when, when you have a child, this isn't a kid who's throwing a temper tantrum because his mom always gives him his way. And one time right. tried to say no, I mean, right. there are problems that physical and cognitive impairments that children have that are never going to go away and are not, they don't fit the box. Why is it so hard for people to face that? And what do you think it is that causes people to say those kinds of things and how could we do better? Maybe. Oh, great question. Um, I personally, I think it's twofold. Number one, I think we love to lecture before we ever listen. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever listen to people. And then number two, I believe we always go to the lowest common denominator. I know that you definitely don't want to turn this into a political conversation, and I don't either. But when you talk to somebody and they're a Republican, and then they'll mention a Democrat, and then they go to the lowest common denominator of extremism. Right. And it's like, well, that's only five or 10% of the party. Yeah, they're nuts, you know, but they're not indicative of who that party is. Right. And on the flip side, it's the same thing. You know, that someone that's a Democrat has a crazy Republican uncle and he's one of the nut jobs who, you know, uh, I don't want to give the, the things there. But I think, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. like we, we tend to do that. And then once we go to a, 
the lowest common denominator, then we attach every situation to that. Um, and, and I say that to, to say this, like um, you cannot with families with special needs, you may have in your life known someone that um, took advantage of a system or whatnot. But number one, you don't know if they took advantage of that. It's just what you think that they did. But number two, okay, so you met one family or you had one situation. I don't know who's accredited with saying it, but if you meet one person with autism, you met one person with autism. Mm, So you don't know what anybody else is going through. And you can't go to the lowest common denominator of, of any situation. But you also have to realize that I don't know. And I just want to listen. And, you know, families with special needs are no different than your family. There's some families that you um, do or don't like or get along with. Well, if someone has a special needs child, they may not be someone that you would get along with if they had a a, a normal child on the baseball team. You know, you wouldn't hang out with them. And so um, in that regard as well. But I I, I hope I'm like answering it without going to catch. Where, yep. where people's mind doesn't want to be, but it's like, I just want people to understand of, look, you know, parents with special needs, just sit down and listen. I would ask more questions and I would give statements. Yeah. And, you know, and if you, if, if you come across somebody who says something that's crazy or off the wall, um, most times in those circumstances, you know, they're, they're to a point, not always, where they're kind of set in their ways and there's not much you or I could do about it because they believe what they're going to believe or maybe they've hit a point in life where they just don't care about the opinions of others. Yeah. But what I would just encourage someone to do that if you're hearing this and you're like, you know, I want to do better or, you know, I, th- I, I believe I'm set in my ways, but I also want to learn. Just, just before you lecture somebody, just stop and listen for a second. And, you know, or, or give... I beg of this with people all the time. Please give somebody, it doesn't have to be me, but someone that you know, give them the benefit of every doubt. Yeah. Like every doubt. Um, you know, they, you have no idea what they went through the night before or the day of. Sometimes there are things that they can share. Sometimes there are things that they can't share because they, there's just information that if other people knew the mm-hmm. wrong person, would go. I mean, we've had situations before, Mark, where thankfully Bub is, is at a point where outside of swimming, he doesn't mind wearing clothes, but there was times where he was like in the naked phase of life, yeah. you know, and, yep. and people would stop by the house and all of a sudden, you know, we got a streaker. Well, you know, some people, they just leave and like, you know, maybe laugh in the moment, but then they leave other folks. They they're there, they see it and they just want to tell everybody or make a joke to everybody. And it's like that, that's just not helpful. Um, But yeah, just don't, don't lecture somebody, listen, and please think to yourself if possible, you know, if this was my son, would I want what I just said to be said to me? Now, if it's somebody, you know, if it's somebody who says, you know, well, my child grew out of it or whatnot, I would just say to them like, well, that's awesome understand your situation's different. And if I woke up tomorrow and, and we had a miracle and Bub was, was like, you know, a fully functioning, normal 11 year old kid who starts talking back at that age and whatnot, I would be ecstatic, you yeah. know? Um, but that's just not the case.
you know, just realize that like, you know, for people in, in every area of life with special needs, that certain things are just not going to change and they have to adapt to it. And yeah. so, you know, I, Sorry yeah. for no. It's know. good. I think my what I've shared with you before. My wife, my wife has said when when I asked her about you know what would you want people to know about helping families with special needs with our daughter and others. One of the things that she said that sticks in my mind all the time is um, let them grieve what might have been. Yeah. Right. Because you know everything has changed and it's never going to go back to the dream that you had the the perfect family dynamic that you had, it's changed, it's gone. And and now it's a new reality. And yeah, I want to accept that. And I need to learn to live with it, manage it, find joy in it. But I also have to have time to, to grieve the fact that I've lost something. And, um, and I think that things saying things like it's going to be okay, or don't worry, God has a plan. Um, uh, or, you know, that is sometimes not helpful at all if the person hasn't had the permission and opportunity and have someone listen to them and say, this really stinks. And I'm really struggling because I'm having to grieve the loss of all of the, all of the, the dreams I had about, you know, in your case, taking my son to watch him play baseball, or, um, you know, he's never going to be a high powered attorney supporting me in my in my retirement age, um, at this point, it's, uh, it's unclear whether or not he'll ever be able to function on his own outside of, outside of consistent care. And that probably means, you know, your wife and, and yourself. Right. And those are all difficult things that overwhelm special needs parents. And when my wife said, just let them grieve what, what they've lost. Uh, I think that's, yeah. I think that's really important. Um, what do you wish, what do you wish people on the outside of a special needs family knew? Like, has there ever been something you said, I wish people just knew X, um, that be, you think? I would, I would just say, I wish people knew that every day is just, you know, a struggle. And, and I say that because, you know, when, um, I, I get it in life. If I have a job or like when I was a pastor, just because I was having a bad day, I didn't give me the right to yell at people or, you right. know, or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, it doesn't give you the, the right to not be good at what you do in life um, as far as your vocation goes. But, you know, it's just remember that every day's a battle and just give me the benefit of the doubt if possible in a situation. Well, hey, everybody, I hope you've been enjoying this conversation that I had with Nathan Walworth, and we're going to pick it up again next week for part two of uh, my discussion with him, but I'm trying to stay semi-close to our uh, weekly time. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now, maybe you can't listen all at one time. Maybe you have listened to it in chunks or put it on in the background while you've been working around the house, but I hope that it has opened up a little bit of the world uh, for you for families with special needs, and there are a lot of families with a lot of different kinds of uh, situations, and autism is just one of them, but maybe you know somebody and you've been trying to find a way to help or wondering what you can do. And this has given you some information. And in uh, in next week's in the next week's segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about that with Nathan. 
and uh, be open and honest and upfront about the challenges and the blessings, but also some ways that you can help uh, those in your community and in your family that may be uh, dealing with this type of thing. So thank you so much for taking time out of your week. I look forward to being back with you again next week for another episode on Mondays with Mark. Please share, like, subscribe. Uh, That helps to get this out to as many people as possible. And I look forward to being with you again next week on Monday for Mondays with Mark. Have a good week, everybody.